What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Dusty Dimes podcast. I am your host, DJ Plogger, with my co-host, Mike Warfield. Mike, what the fuck is up? What is up, buddy? How have you been? Dude, I am fucking just having a fucking day. Just having a fucking day right now. Dude, it sounds like it. Where yeah, you at? Uh, I'm actually heading to the hardware store as we do this podcast, so it's going to be a first. All right. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, so. it, it, it's fucking, my mom touches fucking pipe, fucking pipe burst everywhere. It should have been a fucking hour and a half job. I'm going on six hours right now. Jesus Christ. Yep. I'm telling you, man, don't let her touch it. But today, I, at least we got a solid podcast. Uh, we do. We have uh, Jeff Lavecchio, uh, AHL current Euro player right now. And, uh, you know, I got to vent a little bit. If, if you got to vent as well, we, it's a vent session. Yeah. Hey, man. Everyone can vent. I'll tell you uh, right now. I'm curious to see, like, because uh, he played five years in the A. And mm-hmm. after that, he headed overseas. And, dude, I saw that he actually played in a couple different leagues overseas, which is pretty sick. Um, the one league that surprised me was one was in Italy. I believe one was in Norway. Yep. Um one was, I think, like E B E L. What then, the hell? What is that? No idea. And then um, he tore it up in the Asia League. Oh God, I saw that. He's like, but you know, after hearing, I forget who told us who told us about the the money thing in the. Uh, oh, um, who was that? Oh my God, we just had him on like two yeah. podcasts ago. Not even. Oh, Mackenzie. Yeah, it was Mackenzie. Mackenzie told, and, and you hear all this stuff about money, and you wonder why these guys go over. And now it, it's making sense; it really is because you know you got players like him, Mackenzie, you know other players. And I'll tell you, like with, with when I was with uh, Reading, a bunch of guys literally were there for a season and shipped off to Ger- the German leagues, the Euro leagues, and everything. You know what's crazy? I'm curious with Jeff because um, he ended up playing NCAA hockey. Uh, he played for West, uh, Western Michigan University. He played, I believe, three seasons for him or for them. And then, like, the 2007-2008 season, he was still playing for them. I think mm-hmm. he had, like, 36 games played. And then that same season, he went right to the Providence Bruins. So, I'm wondering if that was the same year he got drafted. And then... No, he was undrafted. Damn. Yeah, yeah that's... I read that. That's very insane. That's insane. That's impressive. <laughs> Absolutely. And right out of the gate, he had 14 games, and I think he had, like, five points, but still, like, you're maybe, like, 20 years old, not even – yeah, a little bit older than that. Absolutely, and, and he's tearing it up in the front, in the A. But, like, that's, like, you're playing pro hockey, man. I do, And I can't agree more, like, people saying, oh, he just played in the AHL. Oh, he played in the ECHL. Oh, he played in the SHL, SPHL. You know what I mean? It's It's – you're playing pro hockey. That's the yep. bottom line. But that's it too, man. Like, like even for Jeff, he played like his stat or like his entire rap sheet. Eighteen U Triple A for the Chicago Chill. Hello, absolutely. Hey, how are you? Hey, what's up? How's it going? Good, man. How have you been? Good. Can you hear me? Yeah, we. Oh, ah, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Right, perfect. Cool. I'm in the car. Yeah. My uh, my exhaust is kind of. You could hear that or not? No, no you're good. No, you're good, okay. man. Yeah, we right, we're just kind of giving everyone a background of you and. Uh, I guess, like, my first question right out the gate would be, um, I guess before you played NCAA hockey, I realized you were playing 18 AAA. Not worth it. And that was back, like, 2001, 2002. 
Um, how did you kind of get into the 18 AAA before you ended up going to play the USHL and so on and so forth? Like, what was your steps? Uh, well, it was it was quite a bit different actually back uh, back in the early 2000s. It wasn't U18 or U16. It was actually midget major, midget minor. Okay. So if you were good enough when you became of age to play midgets, you would either make the midget major team, which was better, and you could be 16, 17, 18. I don't know if there were any 19-year-olds or not. Um, and you played midget major, and if you were not ready yet to make you know that better uh, level, then you would play midget minor, whether you were 18 or 16. Um, so I moved to Chicago and played midget major when I was 15 and a half and turning 16. And then my first year, yeah. And then my first year in the USHL, I was just turning 17 as the season was starting. That's sick. What was your first game like in the USHL for you? You remember that? Uh, I ripped up the buck bowl. Like, I think I led Omaha in scoring in the buck bowl, I think. And then I didn't score my first goal until like my 30th game. <laughs> uh, and then I tore my groin off the bone, like the 31st game and missed the rest of the regular season. True. Um, I, I still, to this day, we had this conversation in the gym the other day with some of my pros and some of the college guys that they were talking to uh, in the gym. Uh, the hardest jump for me wasn't like, division one to the AHL or AHL to like NHL camp and NHL preseason games um, or any other pro levels, leagues, whatever it was, it was, or college uh, juniors to college. For me, it was midgets to juniors was by far the biggest jump. Um, One of the reasons being back then we played two line pass my first year in the USHL, which is the worst rule ever created in hockey. And I was so <laughs> glad, so glad they got rid of that friggin' rule. Cause it just bottled the game up and it was brutal. And I was a guy who liked to, you know, stretch and get behind the D. So then I couldn't do that. And I was a little skinny pips week back then. So <laughs> D would be, D would be pinching on me and I'd just be getting murdered on the wall, just taking a beating. And, uh, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty hard for me. Um, so it was definitely hard that, that first year and, and junior hockey's it's a business. Yeah. Like you're playing up to midget hockey. Like e- even though you're spending a ton of money and all that stuff, it's not a business. Like that's not most coaches way that they're feeding their families. When you get to juniors, like it's all about winning for the coaches. Um, and so, you know, if you're not winning, they're gonna, they're gonna cut you and get somebody who's going to make them and be able to feed their families. You know, Jeff, and you, you say that it's a business, and we, we can't preach enough to the younger kids, the junior players. Like you said, it, hockey's a business, and people got to treat it, and the kids got to treat it like a business. And I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's something that you don't really understand until you get there. And now I see my job as what I do in St. Louis with training all the, you know, the elite kids in, the, in my hometown. Um, it's my job to kind of teach them the things that I didn't know until I got there. And then I kind of had to learn as I went. And, you know, my, I feel like my job is to help prepare them for all situations on the ice, off the ice, all that stuff. And so that's one of the biggest things. I'm like, hey, like your coach next year is feeding his daughters on wins and losses. So Absolutely. do you think he's going to be very, very, very patient with you if you keep making the same mistakes, if you're not focusing on the details? Because costing him wins, which is costing his daughter food on her plate. And once, you know, I frame it that way, they start to go, ah, okay, all right, this is serious, you know. For for better or worse, whether I agree with that kind of situation or not, that's what it's it's like, so you got to think that way. 
No, absolutely, man. Uh, the one question I have for you, going from juniors for yourself, going to play college hockey, now, did juniors basically prepare you uh, pretty well for college hockey? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I played for arguably one of the most intense junior hockey coaches of all time. Um, and now he's a head coach at Minnesota State Mankato. His name is Mike Hastings. Uh, anybody who's listening to this can look him up, and he wins everywhere he goes. Uh, but that doesn't mean he's, he's not easy to play for, that's for sure. Um, and, and all of the little details that he forced into my game uh, are the reason that, you know, I was so successful at, at Western Michigan on a team that, you know, wasn't great and um, hadn't been great in a few years. And, and uh, it's the reason they named me the captain as a sophomore in college uh, because I just – uh, everything I learned at juniors set me up for success and to be prepared for college hockey. Jeff, can you like, all right. So speaking of that, because I saw, um, I believe it was your 07, 08 season. You were playing for Western Michigan and then you went to the Providence Bruins. How did that happen? Yeah, I had a really good sophomore year of college, which was the year before. And I had like most NHL teams uh, saying that they wanted to sign me if I would have decided to leave early. Mm-hmm. Uh, I decided to come back for, uh, for one more season and, uh, uh, we didn't have as good of a year. We lost some key players. We lost Mark, Mark Latesta, who has probably played over 500 games in the NHL. Paul Shahura, who played like 200 games. I think he's in the KHL now. Uh, we lost a lot of key players. We didn't have as good a year and you know, I didn't have as good a year myself and point thumbs, not fingers. That's on me. And. Uh, I only had a couple teams wanting to sign me. One of them, luckily, was the Boston Bruins. So I signed with the Bruins after my junior year. That's awesome, man. Now, in your opinion, did you? What was your toughest game in the A? Oh, that's a tough question. That's a, that's, that's a tough question. Um, you know, like the, in the American League when I was playing in there, especially up in the East Coast area. Uh, it's really tough because you, we played a lot of three and threes, meaning three games and three nights. So like we'd play Friday at home, Saturday on the road, Sunday at home, or Friday away, Saturday home, Sunday away. Um, and although the teams were relatively close, you know, like Portland was like six hours away. We'd go on the day of the game on like a Sunday to play against them or a Saturday and then have to come. Do that. Uh <laughs> It was getting good. It was getting good. I hope he comes back. <laughs> it's anchor, man. No. I know. <laughs> Gotta love it, right? Yeah. The year? Yeah. 42 games of the year. We played three and threes out of 80, I think it was that year or something. Maybe we were still playing 82. I don't remember. So over half the season, you're playing three and threes. And that's super hard on the body. Um, so it didn't really matter who we were playing, but that's really intense. Mentally and physically, too. I mean, that's it's oh, yeah. just one of those things that, like, you always have to be mentally prepared for the next game, the next practice. Like, I mean, it's almost like the one thing that I heard from most AHL players was every game, every practice, it's like a tryout because you never know when you're going to get called up and you never know if, you know, you get hurt, next guy in line is ready to take your job. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that's, that, it's a business. That you're, you're absolutely right, man. And, you know, the one thing I noticed, too, Jeff, is, like, when you went and played in EuroLeagues, um, there was a couple of videos I watched of you, and I noticed, like, uh, one player always had a gold helmet. 
what was kind of the the reason why like uh one player like rocked a gold bucket and then the rest of the players rocked like a normal either black or blue bucket yeah well that's just uh dependent on the league there's only a few leagues in europe that do that um i played in norway for like a season and a a quarter mm-hmm. um, while I was over there in the get league in the top Norwegian league, the, the leading score on every team wears a gold helmet. Uh, oh, that's savage. I think they do that as well in Switzerland. Um, I think Sweden used to do it. I don't know if they do anymore, but like Austria didn't do it. I played in Japan. They didn't do it. Italy didn't do it. So it's kind of league by league. All right. So if you're that guy that's rocking like the gold bucket, are you kind of just like a target? in that sense like do guys look at you like all right well we gotta watch for him or like uh, well, like i don't know yeah i think that's just pretty normal i mean i didn't have it till about eight games into the season and then i think i had a probably the rest of the season on my team not a big deal um <laughs> but uh <laughs> but for sure like especially when i didn't have it i was like oh all right like just with my vision if i see a guy with the gold helmet on the ice you should just be a little more careful because he's their leading scorer, their leading point getter. So he's obviously more offensively inclined. So, yeah. uh, you know, if you, if you can line him up, obviously line him up. And then when I'm wearing it, uh, you know, I never really, I obviously knew like that was going to happen, but it also kind of pushes you to play harder when you know, without even like, you know, I mean, in pro hockey, everyone looks at the pre-scout, everyone we go, you know, every team you play on, you go over, all right, this is a leading scorer. This is what they like to do on the power play whatever, whatever. So, you know, all those tendencies, but like when there's a gold helmet out, you really see it. Yeah. And that's it, man. Like, yeah, that's just one of those things too, man. Like I just feel like it's a huge target on your back as soon as you're rocking that gold bucket. But at the same time, it's like big dick mentality. Like, you know, you got, you know, you got <laughs> the most points on the team, like rock that thing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's kind of cool. Cause that's not something done in the U S so um, it's kind of cool when you're over there and it's something different. Hey, are you guys murdering chips over there or what? I hear yeah. some. some... No, nah, that's me. That's me. That's me. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Jesus. <laughs> I'm, at the, I'm at the appliance store. I'm oh, sorry. my goodness. <laughs> hey, so, Jeff, my last question for you, man, is uh, what would you have to say is, like, your best memory for hockey, either from juniors, even playing the A, even playing in Euro? What would probably be your best memory? It's really hard to boil it down to one since I played pro 10 years, college three, juniors three. Yeah. But uh, I would say I have a couple, and they're right all along the same lines. Uh, I tore my groin off the bone in juniors, like I said earlier, my first my first uh, um, year. And I didn't score a goal from, like, December of my first year. I didn't score a goal that actually counted until the next year, maybe the first or second game of the season. Um, and, and after, after going through an injury where, you know, I missed three and a half months, that was my first quote unquote, like real injury and real hockey. You learn like the game can be taken away from you at any time. So coming back and scoring, like that's when I started really celebrating goals hard. And that was like, that was the, the, uh, I don't, I don't know I can't think of the word off the top of my head while I'm driving here. Like that was, that was the defining moment where. Like, everyone always kind of laughs or fans, like, really like me because they could see how passionate I was when I would score. I would, like, go crazy, and it wasn't planned or anything. But it all stemmed yeah. from that first injury where, you know, the game can be taken away from you, and I just felt like you never know when your last goal is going to be or your last game. So, so no, I, really, 100%. I went nuts when I scored that one. Then, unfortunately, my first year pro, I missed after I went out of college the next year. 
I missed the whole first year of my professional hockey career with a really bad concussion. I thought I'd never play again. And my first, you know, real game, um, that wasn't like, uh, you know, like a pre. I mean, it was preseason game, but it's big for me as I played in the NHL was my first real game back in uh, preseason and I played really well. So like, I kind of cried during that moment. And then the first real game of that year was my first game back after 15 months in the American league. And I scored two goals in that game. And uh, I got back to the bench and I was like, I was trying not to cry. My coach was tearing up. They gave me first star. That's yeah. Sick. They gave me first star of the game. The boys went absolutely nuts when I scored and then I scored again. So like, you know, I went, I went a year and a half of not playing hockey, thought I'd never play again when I thought all my dreams were going to come true when I just signed my NHL deal. And then I was kind of ripped from underneath me. And luckily I came back and, and I, and I got to do that in my first game. And so like, I'll, I'll never, ever, ever forget, you know, those feelings. That's, That's awesome. Sick, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. TG. Now, Jeff, can, yeah, can you talk about your training, the training you had, the training school you have right now? Yeah. So like after I had, uh, uh at that first year when I came back and played again, about a little over halfway through the season, I wound up taking a slap shot in the face and I got knocked out again. Nothing I could do about it on a four check, just a freak accident. The guy trying to ice the puck and it hit me in the face. And uh, yeah, so that was like my second bad concussion. And then I got a couple more of the next year or two. So I knew after my third year pro, like I decided to go to Europe because of all my concussions. Um, and I started my training company in the summer called Ripped Hockey. I just wanted to give back to the St. Louis kids, not charge too much money and really teach them all the things on the ice, off the ice, training what I had learned, which had just evolved so much from when I was training at 15, 16 to, you know, 23, 24, whatever it was when I was starting to go to Europe. And uh, it started yeah. with two clients that first summer. I just did it in the off season. And then, you know, the next year it was like 10. The next year it was 30. The next year I worked with 100. By the end of my my 10 year pro career. And it was about my seventh year training. I worked with, I think 300 people in that summer, uh, hockey players. So I decided to retire a few years early and, uh, this is my third year being retired third hockey season. And, uh, you know, it's been pretty cool during COVID I had, uh, or since COVID started, I didn't really do online training other than for pros around the world. And I had, uh, yeah. I think I've had like a little bit over a thousand people now use my online training in some form, um, and then I trained all the, you know, a bunch of pros, D1, D3, junior A guys, uh, and some midget players in St. Louis, my hometown. That's sick. Yep. So, so yeah, sick. It's, uh, it's very yeah. rewarding. You know, I, I, when I was coming up training, everything was in a phone booth. Everything was very old school. It was more powerlifting than, than training to be an athlete, to be a hockey player. And I believe if you become a better athlete through training, by the way you lift mm -hmm. weights, how you lift weights, what you're doing, the exercises, and then bringing in like brain training and, and coordination, which is so important, fine motor skills. You become a better athlete in the gym instead of just a better weightlifter because I was the best weightlifter on any team I played on in my early career days. And it didn't really translate to making me a better hockey player that much. When I yeah. started to make myself a better athlete, I became a way better hockey player. And if you look at my numbers in Europe, it shows, you know, when I started training myself, how the fruits of that labor. And now I try and use that with all of my clients and then all of my online clients um, and just try and teach them those ways. So that's been super exciting for me. Nice. Now, what now, what are your plans? You, 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 are you fully retired or are you still? Playing? No, no, this is my third season being retired. So um, I my last year, I think, was uh, 17, 18. 
Uh, I finished in the Austrian league with uh, Fahervar AB19. Um, one of my favorite places I've ever played. And, you know, I was still getting contract offers uh, for the next year and, and pretty good money from for relative to, you know, what I was making in hockey. But, you know, like I said, my, my company grew to such a size. And for me, I was always worried what's going to happen if I take another puck in the face. I wasn't some skill guy playing on the perimeter. I was always standing in front, always playing down low. Pucks are always getting shot at my face <laughs> on the penalty kill, whatever. So, um, for me, there was, you know, a decent amount of risk with how many concussions I had, which was well over 10 or 13. I, I can't, it was over, I think it was like 13. Um, so for me, it just made more sense to try and help the next generation. That's awesome, man. Now, now do you, do you self, I mean, obviously you're training, do you see yourself coaching in the long run? Um, so I coached midget U16 and then U18 AAA my first years being retired. But unfortunately, I'm so busy with my training company. And, uh, you know, in St. Louis, they they can't pay coaches. So, like, I mean, I made I made a couple grand to coach, but literally I lost three times as much as I made by coaching all year yeah. um, by not being able to be in the gym as much with my clients, not being able to do online training with as many people as I'd like. So this was the first year I told him I couldn't coach anymore, um, which is really sad because I absolutely love teaching, you know, that that age group, 16, 17, 18, 19, where they're about to go to juniors or they're juniors, all of these little tricks where, you know, you really don't get exposed to them. You don't learn them until you play juniors, until you play division one, until you play pro. There's so many little tricks and so many little things about the game that you do not learn until you play at those higher levels. Um, so I love going back and forcing kids to start using those earlier and earlier because mm-hmm. I know the more they work on it, once they get to those levels where they're going to need it, it's just going to make them that much better in their transition way more seamless than it was for me as a player. Absolutely. But, Mike, do you have anything else for Jeff? No, that's it, man. Jeff, we appreciate you coming on and taking the time out of your day to uh, speak with us. Yeah, of course, boys. No problem. Love what you're doing, and uh, thanks for having me yeah, on. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Take care, Jeff. Have a good one. You too. Good guy, man. Really nice guy. Great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good to hear. Good to hear what he has to say. You know about the whole. You know, actually training, and it, what really sucks is it's sad that St. Louis doesn't pay coaches. Oh my god. That, no. <laughs> That's it's that's crazy. Dude, I'll tell you right now, I uh I just had a mentally game last night and boy rough. That bad like that bad first game back, ladies and gentlemen, in six weeks and you know, it's one of those things too because I was like, Ah, you know what? Like I'm off today. Like I'll definitely go, I'll enjoy it. We had nine guys show. We had three defensemen. Mm-hmm. Pretty much against a team of fifteen. And uh Six goals were let up against us within the first nine minutes mm. of the first period. And you said your goalie's not good, right? Uh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> um, but he has good games, and just like any other goalie, like he has bad games too. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it's that bad. Yeah, sorry. No, I'm just you know listening to people on lows. Um, I'm sorry. I'm hey, sorry. It's I'm okay. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> so, uh, 
No, I played with the AT8 stick last night, and it was pretty nice, man. I was sending some nice dishes. Like, I sent a nice, like, probably like 150 footer, and right to the tape. But fucking A last night got fired up, and uh, my buddy's coming down. This guy, I guess, like, gave him a little two hand, like, a little shove behind the play. And, like, yeah. we're down, I think, like, 10 4 at this point. You just see it in A's face. He gets bright, like, big bright eyes, just. You just see it. Comes out and just two hands a guy. The guy, like, leans on his what? stick and it just snaps. No. Dude, we got – so, A got a two-minute minor right off the rip. And yep. – um, A broke his stick or he broke the other guy's oh, stick? Oh, no. Um, a broke that guy's stick. Oh, okay, okay. I thought he broke the ATA. Yeah, dude. And Fuck. I'm on the bench with my D partner and we just saw it because right in front of us and we were fucking dying because – all of a sudden, the guy gets back to the bench, and he, that's when he leaned on it. And, like, they're on a power play at this point. And he mm-hmm. fucking snapped. He's like, are you fucking kidding me, Ball? That was my favorite fucking stick. Dude, no. he threw it on the ice, and he got a fucking unsportsmanlike and evened us up. <laughs> that is great. Right. We still lost 12-4. That's yep. great. And, uh, yeah, so, dude... Sorry, no, you're sorry. Fine. I'm getting you're, the car. Sorry. So, <laughs> real quick, because I know a lot of people uh, play NHL, and uh, I just got to say, if, you know, you play club or three-on-three three or six-on-sixes, um, that game is pretty trash. Only reason why I say that is because uh, we've been losing to – we're literally plat twos losing to gold ones. And – I have to touch on that is it sucks that all of us are plat twos or plat three, whatever, and we're playing golds and it literally plays down to their level to their level. So like you can always tell when we're playing guys at our level because the game is just so smooth. Then you play fucking guys that are like, like they're awful. Can't even make a fucking pass, and they're literally going down and shooting from the blue. You ever see the movie Radio? Don't. That's that, what it that is. is literally. That's what, what it is. Our Mike. computer plays like when we play golds. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I get so fucking fed up with it, and then they come down and get the bullshit glitch goal or the backdoor bullshit tap in, and I feel bad for the guys that play goalie. Um, oh. Fowler. Let's oh, talk yeah. about Fowler. B. Fowler. I got a bone to pick with you, buddy. B. Fowler. Okay. You know, guy, great, great guy. guy. Great Good guy. guy. Great guy. Uh, I don't even know where All to right. start with this one. Let, let's, let's start. If you're a kid and you're under... Um, 18. Yeah. 18, yeah. 18. If you're under 18, turn this off for a good 15 minutes because it's about to get bad. I'm, I'm warning you. Parental discretion advised. Yep. Saying, right, Absolutely. This is bad. So, we're playing the other night. Warzy's in goal. Me, Austin, Fish, we're playing. Uh, Keyshawn's on. We're, whatever. Keyshawn jumps off, so it's me and we're, it's me, Fish, and hey, Mike's got to go to Mike's got to go to work. He gets off, and we're like, all right, you know, whatever. Let let's hit up Fowler, right? I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing. I really don't. And I say that with the utmost respect, B Fowler. So we're playing, and mind you, you know, both Mike and Fowler, great goalies, right? Great. We, you know, they stand on their heads when they play. We, you know, we win games. So 
I'm trying to like delay it here, Mike. <laughs> I'm trying to say it the right way. So we're playing, and you know, Fowler's letting up weird goals, right? And we're like, what the fuck? It's real quiet. This guy jumps on the mic and has his girlfriend playing with herself on FaceTime while he's playing in a playing she's not NHL. Playing Xbox. She's not playing Xbox. She's playing with the other box. Right? So, uh, you know, me and A are just like fucking, you know, goal. And then they come out and score. A scores a goal. They score a goal. I score a goal. It's back and forth. It's like fucking might hockey. And we're like, Fowler, what the fuck? He's like, oh, she's fucking playing with herself. And we're like, dude, like, I I get it. You know, whatever your girl's playing, she's a freak. I get it. Okay? Respect, bro. But fuck, man. If you're playing Xbox with us, you're playing Xbox. You're not playing with the other box. And I think I'm not I'm not going to go, you know, accusations here. I think my man was spanking it while we were playing Xbox because there was times where he was just standing still and not making Do you think sense. oh man. Fowler Fowler, we love you, guy. We love you. But fuck, maybe man. you know why? Maybe his analog sticks are too sticky and that's why he can't go get over side to side sometimes. Maybe, but my Maybe. You know, all right. Another thing to say about that: if you're gonna invite someone to play club, right? You would think they'd have their own club, like their own name, everything like that. B Fowler, I, bar- I barely know you, so I can let this rip. B Fowler invites TJ to club, and uh, all the. He goes, let me let me interrupt you, Mike. He goes, hey man, you want to you want to play some club? I'm like, all right, cool. Like I we're playing. He's like, I got a bunch of guys. You're the six. I'm like, all right, cool. Right, waiting for you guys. You know, had games, whatever. I was waiting for the boys to get off the bus, and he sends me an invite. Where do I go? I go into our club with these fucking random smucks. Again, Fowler, we love you, but you can't fucking invite randoms to our own club. Holy fuck, and. I just I don't get it. I don't get it. That, that don't get it man. When I saw that, I was annoyed because I'm like, bro, that's like me going into someone's house uninvited, and then and I, I invite the homeowner back. Hey, let me let me let me yeah, let me play with your wife yeah. while you're not hey, home. You know what? I'm gonna go to your house <laughs> when you're not home, and then I'm gonna invite you. <laughs> that, like, that's literally what it kind of was. But uh, absolutely, to end on not even to end, but to change it up a bit. Um, I guess a lot of people is, or a lot of people are now understanding that we have a shutdown going on, um, and that starts tomorrow Saturday, which is going to be yeah. completely dog shit. Um, I, I I don't know. Listen, I don't get into politics, nor will I ever. Um, it's one of those things that at this point, like I work in for a company that deals with a lot of small businesses, and all these small businesses coming in are hurting from the first shutdown, and. These people even tell me all the time, they're like, you know, if we have another shutdown, we're fucked. And I look at them and there's some, some owners, like the one owner came up to me and they're like, oh, the first fine's $250 for the first day. Second day you're open, past Saturday, it's $2,500 every day you're open. It's that. that it, it's just, no, you're fine. It's just Sorry. ridiculous, man, because like. I don't know. I, I just feel like either way, if you do the shutdown or not. The virus is still going to find a way to spread. Like, it's just... No, it really is. I mean, it, 
it's it's kind of hit or miss. I, I I'm I'm with it and I'm not with it. You know yeah. what I mean? Does that make yeah. sense? So, I I just I don't I don't believe it because I, it's I don't know, man. Because you know the boys mm-hmm. on Landon's team, right? They played. They were playing. You know, a tournament, and the kids didn't wear a mask. None of the kids wore a mask during the tournament, which uh, I mean. Yeah, it is what it is. You know what I mean? But I, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's just it's it, it, I, I do believe it, it's a I touchy subject it. just because no one really has a clue what's really going on as like a country. And, you know, obviously the government is holding a lot of things back from us. I feel like just because. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah, know, I, I don't know. Again, like it, it, I'm frustrated, too, because I had two vacations. Well, basically, I had one vacation up to Massachusetts. I had to cancel that Corona. And then I was supposed to go in January. Yep. I just had to cancel that. And just frustrating. But at the same time, it is what it is because, you know, everyone's going through it. It sucks for everyone, yep. including you, including the bit. And like you I said, feel, the businesses. I feel really bad about small businesses, man, because I really don't know what the, they're going to do. The, the businesses are the big part, and I, I feel terrible. I really do. And like I said, you know, if you're if you're out, support the small businesses and and help them out because you know I know a lot of people that had mom and pop shops that yep. had to close down. And you know, it, and it it's sucks sad. too because I guess um, right after Thanksgiving, that's when the spikes went right back up because everyone was doing social gatherings and whatnot. Um, but it's, yep. if I can find the chart, that'd be great. There's so many goddamn ads, but. Uh, it's it's yeah it's ridiculous man it, it's it, it it sucks it, it's just it's one <laughs> of those things of too man because you got to think yeah. about look at how many like kids and like social activities and everything like that were just taken away um oh my for example like tonight's my Landon's last practice for god mm-hmm. who knows long you know it sucks and what's what's good it's 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 his last practice but you know, we got a we got a hookup with an outdoor rink in York, which Wednesday night six to eight we get to That's skate nice. outdoors, which is kind of it's kind of cool for the kids to skate outdoors. So, so uh, this is basically what I'm reading right off of uh, LeahValleyLive.com. Uh, once this thing decides to load, sorry everyone. So, um, indoor dining is prohibited. Outdoor dining and takeout for food and alcohol sales can continue. Indoor gatherings are capped mm-hmm. at 10 people. Religious places like churches, synagogues, and mosques are excluded. Oh my uh, God. Outdoor gatherings <laughs> are limited to 50 people. Business capacity is restricted to 50%. Indoor gyms and fitness facilities are closed. Outdoor uh, facilities and classes can continue, but participants must wear masks. Entertainment facilities are closed. This applies to theaters, concert venues, museums, movie theaters, arcades, casinos, bowling alleys, private clubs, and similar places. K-12 through school sports are paused. Professional and collegiate uh, sports are allowed to continue under CDC and state health department guidelines. Spectators are, bared, are barred from uh, attending. All measures take effect 12.01 a.m. Saturday and will remain in place until 8 a.m. January 4th. Which, which I don't. Which I, I don't get. You know what I mean? Like, why are I, I get it? You know, we as you know human beings want to watch something on TV as sports, but why do they get to play but kids? Um, can't? 
I don't know, man. And you know what? I think that just has something to do with it just because they're getting paid to play. That's like, you think about Patrick Mahomes' contract. Like, they're just going to keep paying him even though he's technically not playing. But who, who pays him? Who, how do they get their True. money? Us. Uh, I'm telling you, man, I don't know how this is going to work. And apparently a stimulus check is coming out again. But at the same time, it's like uh, – I, what, what frustrates me, and again, this is my own opinion, um, when people get money for being able to sit on their ass, when that, – oh. dude, that, that, that's my only thing hey. that I truly bitch about. It's like, like – put it this way. My girlfriend, like she – she will collect, but at the same time, like she's working sometimes um, on her side business. So it's like I gotta watch what I mm-hmm. say because uh, no, 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 um, no, 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 I get you. I get but you. at the same time, it's like what <laughs> once everything runs out, she's going right back to her full time job. So it's like she's doing it the smart way and the legal way, which is mm-hmm. nice. Um, but at the same time, it's like there's people that literally are just sitting at home playing video games doing nothing. Doing nothing. Like, just do something to make some side cash or, like, keep yourself occupied. Like, there's so many, like, restaurant owners that I talk to every single day of the week. And they're like, you know yeah. how hard it is to find help? No one wants to come work. I'm like, uh, I don't know what to tell you, man. Which I which I don't get either is you know people around the holidays why why aren't you going to to look and, for a and job on top of you that know what I mean? especially now it's seasonal and you have to like well now that stores are closing you're gonna have to do all your ordering online but like there's no way you're collecting that much to be having a sick Christmas that I like you know what I mean like I don't know at the same time mm-hmm. it's a touchy subject but at the same time I just feel like it's very scummy of people to do shit like that no listen. Listen, and this is this is it right here, okay? I got laid off yep. a month and a half ago, right? And you know, as well as A knows, Fish knows, I'm I'm not yep. collecting. I'm working for my mom, basically. Like, my mom is my boss right yep. now because I'm redoing her house. You know, I could easily be doing both, but I'm not being that scummy. You know what I mean? Like we said, it's, it, you know, it, it is what it is. But the bottom, the bottom line is, you know, with with everything going on, you know what I mean. And it's, yeah. people need help. I get it, you know. With with you know, it's a hard time, and you know, and that's what you know. I, I was talking to Adrian about, and that's what I told you yesterday. The whole thing with you know helping families in need with the Salvation yep. Army. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I want I want to do people to donate so we can we can help out you know it don't don't do it the scummy way you know it's it's charity you know what i mean and no, you're i'm getting off topic here but one thing <laughs> one thing i wanted to talk about is i i wanted to bring a little youth hockey up a I little bit that my you know what i mean that's perfect uh all right <laughs> i wanted to bring youth hockey up in in the the retrospect here with you know going from i want to say you know uh, we'll go squirts all the way up. We'll, we'll use Landon's yeah. level as an example, right? One thing I want to make clear as a coach, as a parent, whatever, and, and we can't reiterate this enough. And with you, you know, I know you're definitely on my, on my side with this, the whole thing with mm. benching kids and just mm-hmm. letting, letting the kids play. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and 
I, I seen, you know, Landon had a tournament and I, I noticed there was a, there were some kids at the tournament that he was playing against, regardless if we were winning eight, four, mm-hmm. you know, seven, three, the other, the other team wasn't playing certain kids. And I take notice of it. Cause I, you know, I tell Landon, you know, which players to watch out for, where he can go around. And you could see certain kids that weren't, they were getting yeah. like one or two shifts. And at a squirt level, that's ridiculous. And I, I dude, yeah. they're nine years old, man. You know what I mean? Like, you're you're literally gonna take you're gonna take their their mentality and their drive for the game away because you you want to win. Like I I listen. Every kid wants to win. Everybody yeah. wants to win something. But at the end of the day, and I I've said this in numerous podcasts, and I feel like I'm a fucking repeat button. You don't start benching kids yep. until midgets or yep. late that, late li- bands. All right. So my coaching like perspective on that is I agree with you. Like the only, like if I'm going to sit a kid in Bantams, it's going to be a shift or two. It's not going to be a full period. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be like, if he's going around and trying to run kids and do stupid things, then yeah, absolutely. I'm going to sit him for oh, a shift or two. Yeah. And like at that age level, that gets to him enough. Like you don't need to do a whole period, but oh, like, yeah. they go to mid 16s or even 18s and they're doing the same old stupid things. Then absolutely. Or if they don't show up to both practices in the week and expect to play, I'm sitting you for the first period. No offense. Yep. Like it, it's, you know, I, I, I know, I know you're like that. I've seen you do it. And, and I, it's I just one of those on things, that, man. You know I mean? It's, it's not fair to the other players. It's one of those things that it's, if you have say, for instance, a player that isn't as skilled, right. And you have a super skilled player that doesn't show up to practice, yep. mm-hmm. but yet he still shows up to game scores a lot of goals. I'm still going to play the kid that yep. isn't super skilled over the suit or, I'm going to play the kid that is not as skilled over the kid that is super skilled because he puts in more work and dedication to the team than the kid that doesn't show up to practice because that's, that's only fair. 100%. It's only fair. 100%. 100% great. But I, I agree. Yeah, 100%. Squirts, mites, um, first-year bantams. Um, yeah, absolutely. And peewees, no. You, you do not need to sit, kids. Um, at I can tell you, and I can tell you, I'll be honest with you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm not against, you know, benching kids or not playing kids. But, you know, for me, I, 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 I have the role of, you know, mm-hmm. helping Coach Landon's team this year. And, you know, you, you know better. You, you know, you as a person, Mike, know better than anybody Oh yeah, how I am with my kid. Right? So, Landon literally – was being last few days ago, you know, on the ice. And I looked at him. I go, you're sitting. I get, I pulled him off the ice in the middle of a shift, Mike. I sat him. He was on the bench. He looked at me, started crying a little bit. I said, are you ready to go? What did he do? He went out and I showed you the but, clip. He went out and nipped. But, but that's it. You know what I mean? Lanny, like, it's like you raised him like that since he was born. Like same with Brady. It's one of those things like yep. you give him tough love. Yep. It's not like you make an example out of him. You don't you don't try to belittle him. It's one of those things you make him realize at a young age that you got to be able to take the opportunity when it's given to you. You can't just go around on the ice and expect Absolutely. you're going to score Gino every shift. It, it doesn't work like that, especially at a young age, man, because yep. that's where you learn you're, you're developing all your skills. And if you're going to mm-hmm. be lazy and squirts, peewees, mites, bantams, it's going to show all the way through your entire career. So 
hundred percent, dude. Trust me, that's, couldn't agree I, more. I know my how friends. you are with your boys, and like I, I that's. And like I'm not. I listen for the audience. Listen, no. I'm not. I'm no. not an asshole to my kids. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just. You know, I want my kids to succeed. I want them. You know, because you get you get these parents, and I've said this before, and I feel like like I don't mm-hmm. want to sound like a repeat button. I really don't, Mike. But you get these parents, and you've yep. seen it firsthand as well as I do. You get these parents that blow smoke up their kid's ass all the time and think they do no wrong. Oh, and especially I at a young age, you see it all the time. I, I see it firsthand. You know, no. I, and I'm not trying to be a dick to my kid. I'm not. He, he knows. He knows. Dad, what did I do wrong? What could I do to get better? So that's the first thing that's... he says to me after a game. So, and I tell him, and then yep. I go to the positive. I leave on a positive. I really do. I leave on a positive because I, it's a beneficial thing to, you know, give the positives after the negatives because then the kid's all like, all right, yeah, cool. I'm going to work on that. My dad says I did this good. All right. Instead of going, yeah, I think you fucking suck today. I, I, you need to do this and that. But you don't do that because then the kid's thinking about it. Yep. And the crazy part is, like, even with Lanny, he's one of those kids that, he doesn't take it like, don't get me wrong. He's a young kid. So there's sometimes you get sensitive, but I see so many videos or even when I go over to TJ's place, like he's in the garage or like he's stick handling or he's outside, like playing hockey, like on his driveway, like the kids are always working on something. So it's not one of those things that like, like even TJ said that, you know, he'll tell him the negatives first and then the positive. It's not like, all right, well, shoot, I'm going to go in and play a little Xbox and then I'll eventually go out and work on that. Like, he almost gets home and just starts working on it. Mike, Mike, yeah, he he literally he literally will get home and the first thing he he literally has a hockey stick mm-hmm. on the corner of the living room, right? Next to the kitchen. Literally picks up a stick. He plays hockey in the kitchen. Non-stop. Adrian's trying to cook and he's playing. Which, uh, listen, I love it, man. I really do because... You know, as a parent, yes, I want my kid to play hockey. You know what I mean? I want Braden to play mm-hmm. hockey so bad, but I'm not going to nope. force. I didn't force Landon to play hockey. I, I didn't, and I will never force that kid to play hockey. I won't. I, you know, we're out. We're at home. He jumps in the hockey in the living room. We go outside. What's the first thing he does? He grabs both of his knee hockey set goals That's and awesome. goes out and plays with the kids in the neighborhood. Like. And, and and I love it. I really do because I sit there and I'm like, man, I'm like, and my Uncle Barry, and I'll bring my Uncle Barry up, and this is the last thing I'll say. You know what I mean? My Uncle Barry, like, yep. you met him we, at the stadium series. Love the guy. He, you know, I used to play hockey at his house. He used to take me to Ridley Park in Philly to, to play hockey all the time. It was the same way. You know what I mean? Like, I was the same way as Landon as I was with my Uncle Barry. Right? So, my Uncle Barry, uh, same way. You know, tough. He's tough. Not, I don't want to say he's tough, but he's, he's real. What's the word? I'm like, like, I don't fair. want to say stern, but he's real yeah. fair. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, Landon had a game at Ice Line um, against mm-hmm. uh, Haverford last week. Went to a fucking zero, zero, zero tie in the overtime. First <laughs> time I ever seen that in a fucking youth game. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Um, so, Lana goes, hey, man, let's get Uncle Barry to come since we're allowed one spectator. It was literally right down the road from his house. And it's so funny, Mike. And my Uncle Barry, like both of my cousins did. My, my yeah. one cousin played rugby for a little bit. That's it. Right? So he really didn't have a kid that played competitive sports for year after year after year. So he comes to the game. 
he's watching in the stands, you know what I mean, after the game comes down. And I could see him, like, he's, he's like, looking at Landon's back of his jersey, right, checking him. He's like, man, he's like, what a number. What a number, you know what I mean? And then he goes, he goes, and he's just, because, you know, we both have the same last name, Plogger, and he looks at it, and he's like, man, he's like, look at this, look at this jersey, man. Like, he was, I think he was more proud of the name and number on the jersey because he's like, man, I didn't get to see this. You know what I mean? That's and it, awesome. it, like it showed on his face. So he's real good. He's like, he, he goes, he goes, Lanny. No, what you're my good. point is, I'm getting to the yeah, point. No, Sorry. You're I, good. I, you know, I could, you know, I could just fucking bullshit. <laughs> he, he gets to the point then he goes, man, he goes, Lanny, I, I think he, you could have skated more <laughs> right away. Right away. He goes, you know, you, you had your spurts in the game where you're all over the puck and then you were just, you know, you're watching, but Hey man, he goes, I'm proud of you. What you could do, you know, next time, it's just, you know, be all over him like flies on shit. Exactly what he says. You know, he gave him the negative. Then he was, like, positive when I'm after. And that's the thing. And my uncle hasn't that's seen insane. Landon play in a year. Like, he's, he's, he's seen him on Live Barn. Yep. You know, he's seen videos because of the whole COVID thing. You know what I mean? So, like, he's, he's seen him play on video. Like, Live Barn, I've sent him videos of him, like, his, you know, goals, assists, you know, bodying guys. And he's, he's just, like, he's so super proud. Of the fact that you know, of where Landon started be, to where he is now, but yeah, for sure. But other than that, man, I'm sorry. Hey, my no, guys. it's all right. I'm I, you okay know me, with I that. fucking ramble on. It's just <laughs> I ramble, and uh, what I think our next one, I, I'm literally gonna. You got to give me a date. You got to send me your schedule again. I want to get nasty on as because he, dude, the guy's constantly liking dude, and sharing you. our stuff on, on Instagram. So I, I want to get him on. I think that'd be a solid podcast with, you know, him telling stories about, you know, you can yeah. see it, you can see his podcast, yeah. nasty knuckles, man. I'm, I'm all about it. I'm not, I'm not one. I'm not one of those guys to say, Hey, Dude, don't go to this fucking guys, podcast. Like, I'm not for me as a kid. I've always wanted to be like professional equipment manager for a hockey team. I've looked up to nasty since mm-hmm. I think I was like nine, 10 years old because his, his dad, like I'm telling you, that's going to be an awesome episode if we get him on. I know. I, I really, I want to get him on just to hear, like, you know, he's been, he's been around. He knows the guys. He's, I, I, you see his fucking videos of him scaring shit. And it's, it's awesome that him, Riles and, you know, Harsey, Harsey's been on Plenty his podcast, of times. you know, I think, yep. yeah, like they, they, you see him in the garage. So it's, it's cool. It's cool to hear, you know what I mean? And again, I, I can't, I can't thank, you know, you, Mike, I can't thank Tucker enough, Hell especially yeah, you. You know what I mean? Is where you and I started, and we we joke about it all the time. You know what I mean? Is we 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 joked around about a, podcast a bus coming back a year from and mass and a half ago, or almost almost two, yep. yeah, 2019 in February. That's where we're gonna go. We're coming home from Matt. Hey man, let's start a fucking podcast. We and we didn't think that you know you get like Jeff Vecchio on, you know, Randy McKay, fucking Riley Cote, Michael Ruzioni, all these guys, man, and. And again, I cannot. Hey, man. It, it, thank you enough, Mike. You know what I mean? It's it's an outlet. It's an outlet. You know, you and I talk yep. so much during the week. It's ridiculous. And we still have enough to talk about on, you know, on a podcast. It's it's awesome. And I, you know, I consider you like a brother. I consider you family and I love you. And it, it, this is just <laughs> fucking great, man. I'm, I'm no homo at all. No homo taken. <laughs> But what I'm trying to get what I, what I, what I'm trying to get at here is you know 
the fans, thank you for your listens. We're at we just we just hit nine point three thousand. So nine thousand ninety three hundred. That's, that's awesome, man. Fucking listens. Nine thousand listens. And it, it's we gotta get ten K. I wanna get ten K by, you know, fucking right. uh I w- let's say February. Let's February. So um, again, thank you to fans for, for listening to us, making Dusty Dimes a great outlet for Mike and I. You know, we, we're trying to get our boys fishing, A, to come on. That oh, my would God, be yeah. We also got to thank our sponsors, too, right man. They've been helping us out a lot. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, Bear Beards, uh, we thank you so much for day one. You know, I, I need your new beer oil. So, Vinny, Eddie, if you're listening, Bro. <laughs> I need some. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, AT8 Hockey, you know, thank you so much uh, for supporting us almost from day one as well. Uh, greatest sticks I, I've Dude, ever used. I'm telling you, you I had some laser beams last night. No Genos. I had a couple apples. Let's be honest. I don't score goals. So, uh, yep. Uh, also, Ink Gurus, if you need your shirts, hoodies, hats, go check out Ink Gurus, Goodwood Hockey with Kelly and John. Doing great things for the inline community and ice community, giving back. Uh, there's, who there's am I forgetting, Mike? Uh, I'm forgetting somebody. Yeah. I, f- I feel like a dick. <laughs> oh, DH, uh, Dangle Hockey Apparel. DH Apparel. Guys out of Philadelphia, Oaks, you know, good shit. Good shit. He makes Broad Street Hockey Apparel. Uh, go check him out on Instagram as well. But other than that, Mike, yeah, dude, absolutely. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I know I, I, I know you're Christmas shopping today for the hey, wife. Man. I understand that. I enjoy but it. Thank all the you time. again. And uh, <laughs> I hear you. Stay stay good with the stay good with COVID. And, yeah, wash uh, your fucking hands. I'm sure I'll talk people. to you we'll later after hockey tonight. Yeah, <laughs> stay 